20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome into the Thursday edition of the Pack a Day Podcast. I am Steve Perhatch. Joined now for the second time by Dusty Evely and Sarah Kelleher. Guys, what is going on? Nothing, dude. Nothing at all. Same here. Just chilling. You guys are so cool. (laughs) (laughs) We really are. (laughs) So Dusty and I have now officially been doing this podcast with Sarah for two weeks now. This is our second edition and Sarah automatically makes us feel old before we even get going because today we discovered that Sarah cannot buy alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're all drinking water too, Sarah. It's cool. Don't worry about it. Yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, I mean, to any of the police that are listening, Sarah is is a law-abiding citizen who is not drinking alcohol. So. <laughs> I am water, water on the podcast tonight. So, so we wanted to have a little bit of fun. Uh, today and we each came up with a five-point plan for the Packers offseason. So I think what we kind of want to do is just have everybody instead of going like one through five is everybody will start listing off their top thing and then kind of go from there and we can compare contrast and you know hash out all the details but who out of the two of you who wants to start who's got the best who's got the best five-point plan for the Packers to become a Super Bowl contender again. Uh, Sarah, you're stone cold sober, and I just came up with my five point plan literally thirty seconds ago. So uh, have at it, Sarah. You go Jeez, ahead and start, Dusty. I gave you this I, homework assignment I've like a week. I actually half ago. spent the better part of the last two days putting something together. Steve, you'll be very happy to know. Oh, got me. All, <laughs> All right. right, Sarah, hit it off. Okay, number one on my list was definitely to draft someone a strong pass rusher and a strong safety. Felt like those were that should kind of speak for itself because those were two major areas of concern this year. And I feel like those are the positions that if we're going to draft players, we definitely need to get two players in those positions. So um, I, in my mind, it would be almost tragic if we did not find someone or was at least active in free agency to find someone that could be consistent at those positions. You have any names in mind? Like in the I, I just for my own thing, I don't really follow the draft too much. I'm yeah, no, I'm the same way. I'm like not super good with the draft, so I didn't know if you guys had any names or any ideas. But I just know that all we need is to get someone in those positions. Yeah, guys in the building that can do that, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at any of the mock drafts, there's there's several guys that are consistently linked to the Packers. There's Ja'Kai Polite out of Florida, mm-hmm. Brian Burns out of Florida State, uh, Montez Sweat, I believe he's from Texas A&M. So there, there's R&B a R&B singer guys. too, wasn't he? Like a 90s R&B <laughs> singer? Is that Montez Sweat? <laughs> yeah, I, I, absolutely. I think that he yes. has his, his second career is as an R&B singer. Sweet. Uh, cool. <laughs> okay, we're thinking about the same guy. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a bunch of guys that are consistently um, – Point to those guys. So it'll be interesting to see if they move, make those moves in free agency, how that affects their draft. Um, but Dusty, what do you have for number one? Uh, for number one, I kind of had that. I'm, I'm I'm a bit more general, and and my plan, my plan kind of culminates in five. So I kind of thought this through. So I got a bit more simple. Was just um, my point number one was just address the safety position. I kind of look through. Uh, you know, honestly, when I was putting together this plan. 
uh, so many of kind of the big things have already been done. You know, if you if you would ask directly after the season, it's you know head coach, offense coordinator, special teams, and those things have already been done, which is great. So I kind of started looking at. Uh, you know, we got holes in the roster. Where, where are those holes? And so uh, my number one, it was a toss-up between my number one and number two, but my number one position I'm kind of looking at, safety position. Um, and the way that I am choosing to attack that in my five-point plan is I am attacking that through free agency. I got a couple names in mind. Uh, say Adrian Amos and Landon Collins are both, you know, 20 in the 25, 26 range coming off that rookie deal. Both those guys I think are just plug in and play immediately. Uh, and I don't think I don't uh, based on how the safety market's gone. I don't think that's huge, huge money. Uh, so those are kind of the guys I'm targeting. You know, Earl Thomas is 30. I think we talked about him the last time uh, coming off a broken leg. So anything, anything more than like a one year prove it deal, like incentive laden kind of makes me nervous with Earl Thomas. But uh, I think get him in the door at a low price. I'd like that. So uh, you definitely safety position through free agency. And there is one more name, one more, one more intriguing name. That's a guy named Haha ha Clinton Dix. He's coming oh, off a pretty God. solid oh. year. <laughs> Try to get through that without laughing. I apologize. Uh, yeah, that's my that's my number one point. It's just the safety position through free agency. <laughs> all right. Well, so we all kind of went along the same tier, I believe. Um, mine is to sign a top tier edge rusher. Um, you're most likely not going to get Clowney. My guess is he resigns, but uh, D Ford, if you can get maybe a Shane Ray at a little bit of a discount, somebody that you can walk in, get a starter. That way you feel a little bit more comfortable if you have to let somebody go. Um, that I am foreshadowing towards another point in my plan. Um, but, um, right now I would love a top tier guy and a, you know, mid, mid level guy, um, my whole thought plan behind this Packers offseason and the five-point plan is to go ahead and try to not have to go into the draft as we have all these huge needs where you have, you have some space in the, in the um, you have some cap space. So you can actually go out and get some impact players so they can completely fill a couple of holes immediately. And that way, when you get to the draft, if things fall your way, you can, you know, you can take a Jonah Williams, an offensive tackle that falls to you at 12 somehow from Alabama. Like, that way you're not locked into number 12 having to be an edge rusher. So, yeah. for me, for me, I think that's that's the biggest thing is is filling some of these holes right away with the, the free agency, and that way you're not hamstrung in the draft. Yeah, and that was actually my number two as well, Steve, was, was edge rusher. I had the guy I had pegged was Trey Flowers. Uh, you know, I don't I don't know if he's going back to New England. I think that's a name. It's a name, and they obviously just won the Super Bowl. People are going to be going after him. His numbers aren't eye-popping, but he's he wasn't always asked to rush the passer. So I think I think Trey Flowers is kind of the guy I was going after, because I'm with you. I mean, I think, like, you know, kind of looking uh, Demarcus Lawrence, Jadavian Clowney, D Ford, like, those guys are going to be just uber pricey. But I think Flowers is a guy that could do really, really well uh, on a kind of lower price from that. So it was actually my number two was edge through free agency, specifically through free agency for the exact reasons you said. All right, Sarah, number two. Mine was to whatever the offense, how they're developing it differently. It definitely need more schemes that put the ball in Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams hands. I feel like when that happened, the few times, cause it seemed like it, we could have happened so much more this past season good things happen for the offense, whether it was, you know, a 
eight yard gain or, you know, it was, it made a short third down, something like that. So it just seemed like, I mean, the stats, some of the stats were ridiculous looking back and seeing, you know, when Aaron Jones had this many touches, the offense played this much better. And then when he didn't have this many touches, they played not so great. So I really think putting the ball in those two guys' hands will just take the offense to a different level. So that was something that I felt like would be important in the off season when they're developing new plays and, you know, they're all adjusting to the new playbook. That's something that is a definite need. Very cool. I, I mean, definitely makes sense. I mean, with LaFleur, it looks like they're going to be utilizing running backs quite a bit. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, that's, that's kind of, I know you just joined us in the pack of day podcast, but I know Dusty and a couple of guys I do the podcast with every other week, they we've all been beating the drum up. Get Aaron Jones the damn ball some more. Yeah, what's your what's your number, Steve? Twenty five touches a game through rushes in twenty twenty five. Is that what the number you're wanting to hit? I forget. I, yeah, I mean that that was a pretty consistent thing. Of I'd like him to get the ball like rushing about twenty times and five receptions. Um, yeah. For me, I think that was that's you know that's not going to wear him down too much because he is a little bit smaller, but still looks like I mean. I know everybody's saying he went on IR, but if he, I mean, if he got this knee injury in the middle of the season, that wouldn't have put him on IR. That would have been yeah. a couple of games. So I don't think he, the whole injury prone thing is a big thing for me. But yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely want Aaron Jones touching the ball twenty five times. I want Jamal Williams touching the ball ten times. Yeah. Okay, for me, my number two is flip flop with Dusty. So I want to go get two safeties in free agency. Um, I think you. A couple of names that you had said, Landon Collins, I think is going to be a little bit more pricey than yeah, I would want to go. I think so. Uh, but one of the names I was looking at was Trey Boston. Okay. Um, he seems to be – I don't think he would cost as much, and I think he's just as effective, um, but just isn't the flashy name because Landon Collins is, you know, what, number 33 pick or something like that. Yeah, and out of, out of Bama, so he had the Bama name, so everyone knows mm-hmm. him from college, and yeah. Um, so I think that's good, and then if you compare them with a, you know, a mid-round safety that can learn uh, from these guys, like I do I do like Adrian Amos. If he gets to the free agent market, I would love for the Packers to do it. Um, it looks like, from everything I've read and talked to, to Chicago guys, is it's either going to be him or Callahan. They're, they can only keep one. So it seems like Callahan got injured and seems like they could move on, but it'll be interesting to see who they actually pick out of those two guys to bring back. So, I mean, for me, it'd be bringing in a couple of safeties, bringing in a couple of edge rushers, and that way you can draft those guys as well, but they don't have to be the immediate impact players right out of the gate. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, I kind of, I talked about that already, but I agree with all that. I mean, I, I think the reason I Collins on there, I do think he's gonna be a little pricier, but again, based on kind of the safety market went last year, I kind of think like even like a pricier option, I don't know, is necessarily going to break the bank. And I mean, to be fair, you're right. And as well, there it's a deep market this year as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, Clinton Dix, as much as I made fun of you, I mean, he's probably number like six or seven on the list of people you'd consider signing. There's so many um, between like the Honey Badger, yeah, um, a whole bunch of a whole slew of other. Yeah, guys. I had Matthew on there, and then I took him off because I immediately was like, "Where well, he's he's." If, I mean, you look at a name, you look at a guy that's going to cost money. It's mm-hmm. Matthew's going to cost some money, and I, I just don't see the Packers doing that. Yeah, I mean, I I would be shocked if if Houston did not resign him because I feel like that they they really worked well together. And, and it sounds like that's kind of where he wants to go back to as well. Like he kind of talked about that already and, and take what a player says uh, with a grain of salt. I think he said it in the middle of the season, but it did seem like he kind of liked being there. Um, 
so yeah, I I, I kind of think if if he's leaving, it's going to be for a lot of money, and it's not going to be to Green Bay. Yeah, unless he gets offered some like crazy contract, I don't see him leaving yeah. either. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Number three in your list. I've got um, again just kind of a general position. And just based on kind of what LaFleur likes to do, um, I'm addressing the t- tight end position through free agency. I mean, right now, it's uh, it's Jimmy Graham and Robert Tanyan are the only two guys under contract. And, uh, you know, I, that's, that, that doesn't feel great. I'm, I'm higher on Jimmy Graham than I think a lot of people are. But uh, I don't know. I don't love the idea of going in with just those two guys. Uh, but I also don't mm-hmm. love the idea of having to reach for someone in the draft. So... Uh, I think uh, kind of the the top pick t- for me seems like just bringing back Mercedes Lewis. I mean, I don't know if that's going to happen. You know, obviously he didn't get a ton of touches last year, and for whatever reason that was. Uh, but he did have uh, some time with Hackett and Jacksonville. Uh, we, we know. I mean, as Sarah alluded to, um, uh, we kind of know like the that Lafleur is going to want to look to the run game. We also know that he kind of will like to use tight ends. So uh, between Lafleur wanting to do that and Hackett, the, the connection with Hackett, I think Mercedes Lewis just seems like a slam dunk. And, and, you know, he didn't get a chance to flash it too much last year. But when Green Bay signed him, I was looking at him. He's for like a guy who was, he's going to be 35. Um, he's more, still more athletic than I think a lot of people give him credit for. You think of him as like a, just like a, a road grader, essentially a tight end, which he is, but he can catch the ball and he can move a little after the catch as well. So he's not just a one dimensional tight end. So I think bringing him back is, is a no brainer. And just, man, just looking down the rest of them, I was thinking like two, right? We get two tight ends looking down the rest of the list. My God, it's uh Tyler Eifert who still only 28, but has made four starts in the past three years. Uh, Jared Cook, who's 32 years old, coming off essentially a career year uh, that has the only thing going for him is speed and also not catching the ball very well. Uh, so that doesn't seem great. Uh, Richard Rogers is still available, man, if you want someone who's slow but catches the ball coming off an injury. That seems like a lot of fun. Um, so the other guy i kind of looking at in, in free agency is uh, I kind of like Luke Wilson. Uh, he was 29 years old. He didn't do much last year. Uh, but I think he could be a useful piece. I, and, and all of this is kind of going to culminate in my last piece. But, I mean, I think I think kind of what I'm doing with some of these guys is you're putting one or two-year useful guys, almost stop gaps in place so you can kind of draft guys behind them and not expect them to be stars right away. Uh, kind of let those guys develop a little bit, and especially a receiver position, you know, tight roll-up, tight end in that. You don't want to draft a tight end and then make him be like, okay, now you're the star. That's 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 not going to work. So I'm basically looking at one to two-year stop gaps at this position. Uh, so looking at that kind of Mercedes Lewis and Wilson, I, I think is a fine pairing in free agency. Yeah, I also had as one of my points to make to address the need at that position because, like you said, I'm a little uncomfortable just with the two guys that are – just having two guys that are there right now. And I mean, if we're going to go through another year where Jimmy Graham was a little, or he was pretty inconsistent at times last year. And if like, God forbid that happens again, we really need someone that's going to be able to, you know, at least catch the ball. And there was so many times I felt like that uh, Graham like tipped it, he, he tipped it off his fingertips or he dropped a pass that should have easily been caught. So just finding someone else that, can kind of secure that position and especially if uh we're going to use it more with a new offense that's definitely key well and the other thing to consider too with the two guys on there i mean graham um i don't know if you guys know this uh jimmy graham not a great blocker 
Not a great yeah. blocker. And mm-hmm. Robert Tanyan was a wide receiver in college. Like, from like breaking news or anything it's, like that? Yeah, we said we didn't have anything to break. Um, but it's kind of more of a hot take, Steve. I'm just I'm bringing the heat, bringing the heat, oh. baby. <laughs> and then Tanyan was a wide receiver in college, so he's still kind of learning the position. So he's not a strong blocker either. And so you're looking at a, a system with LaFleur and Hackett where they're going to try to do a lot of play action, uh, you know, work in the run, work in some tight ends. And if you've got two tight ends that can't really block that well, that seems problematic. Yeah, that's just a recipe for disaster there. Mm-hmm. So so I will give you guys my ideal situation to add a tight end. It won't be a fan favorite for many Packers fans, but at number 12, we are going to trade down, pick up an extra second round pick, maybe jump around like 18 to 20 area, pick up that second round pick, and then you can get one of the uh, the Iowa boys, the font. Um I've also seen Irv Smith Jr. as an option uh, in the second round. Um, so, I mean, I think for me that would be a quality quality area. Is I think if you can add one of those guys and then keep Graham and keep Tanyan, for me I'm comfortable with that just because you've got the two receivers. And especially if you can pick up Hawkinson, that he's, he's known especially – he's not just a receiving back. He is a – or a receiving end. He's really good at blocking too, so mm-hmm. – I mean, utilize a lot of two tight end sets, have him block, um, even, you know, maybe put Jimmy Graham in the slot as opposed to a blocking end, that kind of thing. That's crazy. He's a tight end. End. You have to put him on. Yes, I know. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm thinking. Uh, Anyway, my number three, (laughs) I'm sure, which will resonate with quite a few Packer fans, cut Nicholas Perry. How dare you? Yes, How I know. Dare you. That's crazy. I just had the same thing too. <laughs> crazy. I, I look. I know the the dead cap money is there. Um, you yeah. save, save like three some three. Yeah, I looked it up. Million. It was three point six million in cap space would be that free. you save, and then it's what like ten million dead money. Um, yeah, it's just I don't know. For me, I think it's a it's just time. It is time to realize that this guy is. He's a talented person, but he does not stay healthy when he's with the Packers. Maybe he will when he jo- if he joins another team. He absolutely could stay healthy. But for us right now, when's the last time you remember Nick Perry playing a 16-game season? He's he's never. I looked it up today. He's never played a full season with the he Packers. Even like, I think he's had, and it's been a while. If you just look this up, Sarah, you probably know better than I do. Um, I think he had, like, shockingly a 13 or 14 start season just a couple years ago. But he was injured for, like, half of those. And so, like, he's just ineffective when he's injured. And so even though those games are on there, for half the games, he doesn't do much. Even the year that he, he, like, made bank. So his his best year, he played it with a broken hand. Yeah. Yeah, with the club. Yeah, when he made his money off his all of his sacks. And yeah, but then in the playoffs, he uh, he he got a sack and he pet the club, and that's why they paid him the money because that move was baller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this year he had one and a half sacks. So if you think about it, he was in week one, the one that mm-hmm. forced the fumble with Mitch Trubisky. So besides that, he had an assisted sack the entire rest of the season. So just like when I was thinking about that earlier, I was like, wow, like he never did anything else like besides that in that one game. And it was just like kind of wild to me that, you know, we're paying him the amount of money that we are and seeing how much money we could free up by letting him go is like a no brainer. 
Well, and it's not even like the, it's not even the sacks. Like, like the lack of sacks. And granted, one and a half sacks is is bad. Like that's really bad, especially for a guy who you signed to to essentially do that. Like he's not he's not doing much of anything. Like the, yeah. there's no flash plays. It's not like he's making a whole bunch of like tackles behind the line or anything. He's even like if you look at what his pressure numbers were last year, uh, which which I'm kind of doing right now um it, he he was not great on the in the uh in the pressure numbers last year as well like I, he was i'm looking this up right now i used to have it in front of me uh he's way far down the list like he even so one and a half sacks so i mean what, what you're gonna look at when, when you think about pressure numbers is like a guy that kind of is almost there and a lot of times that'll kind of even out you know i mean maybe you have a bad year and the sack numbers are down but you got those pressure numbers, and you kind of assume that's going to turn around. And look yeah, at Green sure. Bay's pressure numbers last year. They're top two. They're top two. You've got Mike Daniels with 24, who sat for like the last two or three games, or more than that. I think the last four games. Kenny Clark with 22 and a half. <laughs> Nick, Perry eight. Uh, Nick Perry had eight. Nick Perry had eight. Fackrell's higher than Perry. Um, but this is this is not counting sacks. It t- kind of takes sacks out of the equation. So oh, remove okay. Fackrell's twenty sacks, whatever the devil he had. Um, <laughs> Perry had eight. Perry had three and a half more than Tyler Lancaster, who only played a couple weeks. He had less than Blake Martinez. He had less than Dean Lowry. He had quite a few less than Clay Matthews. So like the thing, <laughs> and not to belabor the point here, but like wow. it's not even about the sacks. Like Perry was doing nothing like all last year. He wasn't pressuring the quarterback. He he wasn't really making tackles for loss. He wasn't getting anyone's face. He just it's kind of a kind of a turd out there. <laughs> Outstanding. I mean, from I don't know what else to do. Like you just you just called Nick Perry a turd. Uh, I think I think we move on. Yeah, I think I think that four. that topic is done. Ready to move You're on, welcome. like you said. You're welcome. We're all Mike in agreement. Dropped. Cut the turd Nick Perry. So we're done with the five point plans. We're just going to stop at three, right? Are we done? <laughs> that was my closing line. I don't, um, I don't know how you top the turd Nick yeah, Perry. Just call me T We're going to try to do it. Uh, <laughs> Sarah, what was your number four? Um, I said get Aaron Rodgers in sync with the new coaching staff. Obviously, whatever the heck was going on this year was a, just not working, and there was miscommunications week in and week out. I mean, I was reading an article a couple weeks ago about how Rodgers would change plays that McCarthy called. I mean, that is just like, we, that can't happen anymore. I mean, so I'm really hoping, you know, a new voice, new playbook, new schemes are what maybe Aaron Rodgers needs to finish his career in Green Bay at the level that we all know that he can potentially finish at. I think this year, I mean, there was times where he was vintage Aaron Rodgers, but there was times where everyone was kind of like, what the heck, you know, what's going on? And I think if, you know, he's communicating, he's in sync with the staff and everything is ready to go there, that the rest will just kind of fall into place. Because we saw this year, once, you know, him and McCarthy, whatever was going on there, just everything was kind of like a domino effect and things were exposed a lot quicker. Yeah. I, so I actually looked at that play where the, like the one that they overrided McCarthy <laughs> on and it was a bomb to MVS and it was awesome. Um, yep. MVS is just the best, just the best. My uh, my point four, kind of kind of along those lines, Sarah. Not exactly, um, but kind of along those lines. I think one of the ways they can keep in sync is to keep keep some of that middle pressure off. I mean, one of the issues that we that the team really had. If you're looking at holes, my God, there's a ton of holes this year. Uh, I've got address the guard position, and again, you guys are gonna be shocked. I am addressing the guard position through free agency. Uh, the guy I have targeted is Quentin Spain. 
28 years old, and played in Tennessee. So he's got familiar, he's familiarity with the floor. Um, the, the one knock on him, I think, is that he's not overly strong uh, in the run game. But he's very good in pass protection, uh, which which is kind of what I was looking for. I mean, you know, we talked to, we've talked a lot about Lafleur uh, looking at the run game and all of that, and so uh, Spain kind of um, Spain kind of goes against that. Uh, but he is strong in the passing game, and they need to keep Aaron Rodgers upright to kind of do a lot of things. And I mean, you can't go into next year. I I liked McCray going into this past year, uh, and I still think maybe he could be useful. But you can't go into next year with McCray as as a starting guard on that line. That's that's. That's terrifying. So yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, he's from UCF, and I want to cheer for him, but sometimes I'm like, "Come on, come on, man! Like, let represent a little better than that." But <laughs> well, he's shown enough, and that's the thing. He was pressed into it last year. Like, if he, if he, if he's your backup, if he's like your like your second guy, like I don't really have an issue with that. I don't, I still want oh, him 100%. on the team. Yeah, no, but, I agree with you a hundred percent. But to have him starting is just a little bit of a step, in my opinion. And yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, I'm fine with keeping McCray, but, yeah, I'm, I'm going Spain. Spain on the line. All right, so for me, I went, number four, draft a wide receiver in the early rounds. So I'm talking one, two, maybe three. Um, so I think that I, I really like MVS. I, I like EQ. They're good. I want a top-tier guy. I want somebody that they like they used to go get, like in the second round type of guys. Like when they got Jordy, like they had James Jones, like they had Randall Cobb. When you get some of those guys that are actually, you know, top tier guys, um, there's plenty of wide receivers to go around in this draft. Um, so, I mean, I think this is really going to play out well for the Packers because there's plenty of t- there, there's a decent amount of tight ends, there's a huge amount of defensive players as well. And there's also a lot of wide receivers. So there's a lot of the holes that they have can be filled through this draft, which is why I really want them to go out and sign a couple of guys. So that way they can just take the best of what's available. Um, let's say there are some like a top tier wide receiver that starts falling. Um, and you can snag them at 30. Like it's not something that you normally would think that the Packers would be doing, but it's, you know, it's, it, it for me, it's reminiscent of um, like grabbing a Javon Walker for Brett Favre. Uh, he was, extremely talented he was a head case but man like there was plenty of plays that javon made for the for for roger or for Favre that you know if you can get a guy that's a, a good six four wide receiver that can go up and get a ball for aaron Rodgers, that's something i want and i mean i like mvs and i like eq and we'll see what happens with um javon moore but if you can give me a first round wide receiver i'd like to see that mixed mixed up with the guys that they already have that was my, my, like, I had that in my points, too. Just, like, I feel like it's, like, Devontae Adams, and then there's, like, this huge, not huge gap, but there's a decent gap then based on where everyone else is at. So it's, so if yeah, they I can, mean, it's Adams and it's a bunch of guys. Yeah, so if they can find someone that can come in and at least be, you know, fill that gap a little bit and work up, um, then that's like that's huge. Like you said, just being able to have a guy that can get up and catch the ball and that Rodgers can trust. I think we saw a couple times there was a little bit of miscommunication. He would get frustrated with some of the younger guys, which is going to happen. But if you get someone in the first couple rounds that you know might be a little have that extra spark that a receiver would need, then that could be a huge, huge win for them. 
Mm-hmm. All right, so that seemed to be... Are you wrapped up then, Sarah? Is that everything you had? Yeah, I'm wrapped. Okay. Dusty, what do you got? Last so I've got one. my last point, my number five. And I said it's all kind of been building to it, but it hasn't really because we've already kind of talked about all of this. Um, my point number five is just, I mean, kind of what I've talked about, Steve, what you've talked about, is all of these things. You know, I did my points one through four in such a way that, that you're filling the gaps, which is what free agency is supposed to be. It's not necessarily, you know, a, a break the bank free for all. It's a... Uh, it's it's finding those kind of secondary guys, finding those guys to kind of plug the hole so you're not drafting for need. Because if you're drafting for need and all you're doing is drafting, those draft picks don't work out, you're, you're kind of screwed. And we all know the draft is kind of a crapshoot. I mean, free agency is kind of a crapshoot as well, but you're kind of hedging your bets a little. And so uh, so we've already – so what, what what I've had so far, so to kind of to run it back for a second, I've had – we've got the safety position filled. We've got the edge rusher position filled. We've got the tight end position filled, and we've got the guard position filled. In my mind, those are like the biggest holes on this roster. I mean, obviously there's other ones as well, but those are the biggest ones we've got. So, from, so my point number five is you now draft best available – and we're looking athletes, which they've kind of done. I mean, they've gone after high spark guys um, somewhat recently. Uh, spark, if you're not familiar, spark is essentially a, a metric uh, that that measures athleticism. Uh, so, I mean, last year, for example, uh, Josh Jackson uh, was the sixth ranked quarterback in Spark, and Jair Alexander was the eighth. And those guys, you know, obviously went high. Jamon Moore was the 18th wide receiver. Like they've they've done this over the past couple of years. They've looked at those kind of those spark, those high athleticism guys. And a guy like, um, you know, Alexander I, I looked really good his first year. Jackson looked a little lost, but the athleticism's there. Uh, a guy like Moore, he's athletic, but, you know, he's got the hands issues. So they're, they're banking on fixing that. But you're looking, for, you're looking for athletes. You're looking for best available, and you're also looking for athletes. And what, what that does, so for both of these things, when you draft for need and when you're also kind of getting those athletes, it gets those young athletic guys in the door without needing them to be a star from day one. I mean, I kind of alluded to that with, with the, the tight ends, but also wide receivers. And even you look at, like, cornerbacks. Some of those guys were, were, were kind of pushed in a little bit just due to the nature of things this past year. But, uh, you know, a lot of those positions, tight, uh, receiving positions, cornerback positions, traditionally it's not until the second or third year those guys really start to figure it out. And so you get these guys in the door, but you don't make them be stars from day one. The other thing it does is it puts those guys, you've got these young athletes now that are not asked to be stars, but they are on special teams. Uh, so you combine that with the new special teams coordinator, it's it's not insane to think that with that combo, we're going to see a much improved special teams unit. Um, and then the third thing that that allows you to do, it is allows you to take a chance on a guy that Steve mentioned earlier, like TJ Hawkinson, where you can kind of take him in the first round as a project without needing to have him from day one do something. You have him sit behind Graham or, or and Lewis and Tanyan or whoever. You get him to sit behind there without having him produce from from day one. So that's kind of that's kind of my summary of kind of what that does. So you're not you're you're not drafting for need, you're drafting best available and you're getting athletes in the door. Um, and, and combined with plugging the holes, I, I think that I think I mean for a lot of people saying that the Packers are possibly in rebuild mode and they they've got a whole bunch of kind of holes and the roster isn't great i don't think the roster is in bad shape i think they have holes so with with my plan here i think we've plugged the holes and we're also kind of looking to the future with these kind of athletes that we're able to get in the draft yeah i i mean i love everything you said and i think one thing that i heard oh i forget who i was listening to the radio but i heard somebody say that you know everybody's saying that the packers just their their roster is depleted and they've got nobody it's it's not as bad as everybody makes it out to be. It's because yeah. they, you know, they haven't made a, made the playoffs in the last two years. But, I mean, if you think about it, this team was hanging with 
the Rams, the Patriots, and the Seahawks within a three-week stretch. They were a bad bounce away, a bad call away from winning all of those games. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, the, the team isn't as bad. There, there definitely are holes to be plugged in. Um, and that's where I get to my last one. Um, I'm going very, very specific. And I'm going to say that since the Packers have two fourth-round picks, I would like one of those fourth-round picks spent on a running back. Um, I love Aaron Jones. I love Jamal Williams. But this is a deep class as far as running backs go. You can get a lot of value, like, second, third, fourth round for those guys. Um, So I I would like to see depth to the running back position. Um, Aaron Jones has been injured a few times, so I I feel a little bit more comfortable. I don't want to go spend money on anybody in free agency. I think spending money on a running back in free agency, anybody who is talking about going to get Le'Veon Bell, you can all shut the hell up. (laughs) So stupid. That's such a waste of money. Um, for me, yeah. So I want to go get a running back in the draft where you're cheap and controllable when you still have a couple cheap and controllable running backs. And uh, for me, that kind of just wraps everything up. I, I would like to see some more of the draft go to the offense because mm-hmm. for years it's been defense dominant in the top couple of rounds because it's had to be because they have been so bad. And I think if you can fill in a couple of those holes with free agents this year with the cap space, it's time to give Aaron Rodgers everything humanly possible on the offensive side. And if you get him a couple of young kids that can do some things, I think that's, that's a recipe that could be successful. I, I agree. While we're at it, point number six, uh, get Deshaun Jackson in the door. You know, I completely do. Um, I don't know if you've done the, the fan speak like ultimate GM at all. I haven't. Oh, they, for anybody who enjoys doing mock drafts and nerd stuff like that, I, I eat it up. Like, I couldn't tell I know it makes absolutely no sense. I should not be a big fan of mock drafts before free agency because they mean nothing. They literally mean nothing. But I will read every single one of them. And on Fanspeak, you can actually go in and do your own mock drafts with simulations and trades and everything. So I do all those things. And one of the first things I do is I go and figure out how much it costs me to sign Deshaun Jackson. <laughs> because if I can get him on the outside with Devonte, I mean that's exactly the guy you want in this offense. Somebody who can take the top off, and I mean, who, who, what quarterback can out throw Deshaun Jackson? We're gonna hopefully we can find out pretty mm-hmm. soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, we saw Aaron Rodgers throw like a seventy-yard pass to Trevor Davis, and like while being pulled down. So, I mean, I think he can and get Donald Driver. And Donald Driver. So yeah, I, I would. I'm all bored with with uh, if Deshaun Jackson gets cut from the from the Bucks to bring him in. All in agreement. Good. All right. Well, uh, I think that is about time. We we definitely went over the 20 minute limit, but uh, <laughs> sorry, Andy. To hell with Andy. I mean, that was a, that was a good. Everybody got their five point plan in. I think we're all you know really in agreement that um, with some strong moves here that uh, the Packers can be back where they where they. Uh, have been the past couple of years. Yeah, they're not – I don't think they're far. I don't think they're far off at all. Yeah. I mean, it's like we listed all these things that they could fix, but, like, in reality, they're kind of minor. Like, get a guy here, get a guy there, make sure, you know, your quarterback is in communication with your coaching staff. And then that – I mean, those things right there will change a lot. Agreed. All right. Well, uh, thank you guys for listening to the Pack-A-Day podcast. Make sure you follow all of us on Twitter – um, 
I am going to be taking a break next week. I will be in sunny Orlando, which all these guys have been making fun of me for. So, Sarah, <laughs> if you if you do need alcohol, <laughs> feel free to. Uh, my uh, my brother's a cop, but he's absolutely listening to this right oh, now, Steve. He's, so he in he's not in Florida. It's no, he's here, but I assume he knows. I assume cops know everyone, so he'll just he'll call down <laughs> to Orlando. I, ass- I assume. I assume. I don't know. <laughs> all right, take it back. I'm not buying you booze, Sarah. Sorry. <laughs> Didn't even, you know, okay. <laughs> Dusty ruined everything. Dusty, as always. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. <laughs> All right. For Sarah and Dusty, I am Steve. As always, go back, go. From the 16 of New York, first down, goal to go. Rogers in the shotgun, Williams to his left, here's the snap. Rogers clean pocket, throws the middle of the end.